The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Hello, welcome to Grace in Focus. We hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend and that you're back home safe again if you travel. Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates are going to be participating in this Q&A edition of Grace in Focus, and we're glad you're here too. Our question today is about being saved and about being considered an overcomer. Can I be saved if I still feel a desire to sin? And how can I be considered an overcomer if the sin principle, or the flesh, is still dwelling in me? Bob and Ken will be giving some thoughtful answers, and I think they're great ones, about how to be victorious, how to gain victorious, spiritually-minded, Christ-like living. I think it'll be time well spent. They'll be along in just a moment after I tell you about faithalone.org. That's our website. We hope that you will go there and see all of the things that are there for you. I'll tell you more about it at the end of the program. Now, Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates with today's answer. Welcome back to Grace and Focus. Ken, do we have some good questions for this segment? Like always, this question comes from Sarah. Can I cry to Jesus? I think she beats cry out. Can I cry out to Jesus if I want to serve him more and be saved if I still feel a desire to sin? Let me just say that if we have to wait until we have no desire to sin before we can receive eternal life, none of us will ever be saved. Uh, I would say that is completely (laughs) accurate because Paul in Romans 7 clearly indicates that although he desires to serve God, he finds within himself this desire to sin. So I would say to Sarah... No matter where you are in the Christian life, there's always going to be in your flesh a desire to sin. Right. And we need to overcome that. But notice the first part of her question. Yes. She says, is it okay to pray to God? Cry out. Yeah, to cry, cry out, out to, to God. G- Jesus. If I want to serve him and be saved. Right. So what does she say? that she has to do in order to be saved. Yeah, that's her first problem here. And we're assuming that what she means by saved is saved from the lake of fire right. to receive eternal life. And I'm I'm sure that's what she means. Yeah, because we didn't read the entire question. Right, there's a yeah. long question here that we didn't read at all. So Sarah is implying in order to receive eternal life, we need to cry out to Jesus. And serve him. Well, to cry out in order to serve. Yeah, well, her question is, can I cry out to Jesus if I want to serve if him? If I want, want to, to serve, serve him, him more and be saved. So how are you saved? You By are, serving him. Don't you think? Or you think I'm making that up? I don't know if she means I have to. Well, it could be. Yes, the way it's worded, it could be serve him in order to be saved. Or it could be two things. I cry out to him in order to serve him. And I cry out to him in order to be saved. I think I cry out in order to serve him, and then if I do serve him, I'm also crying out to be saved because serving is required to be saved. Why even bring up serving him? Why not just say, is it okay to cry out to Jesus to save me if I still desire to sin? Right. Why add in the serve him? I'd say it's because she thinks serving him is a condition of everlasting life. Yes, you might very well be right. So therefore... Get rid of that stinking thinking. That stinking thinking. That's not a beatitude attitude. Now, look, yes, in terms of rewards, we need to serve the Lord. In terms of reward, we need to please him. Those are wages for work done. Those are called misthos in Greek. 
But the free gift of God is a doreon. It's a gift. It's purely a gift. Paul says, if it's by grace, then it's not of works. And if it's of wages, then it's not a grace gift. Romans 4, 4 and 5. And so the idea here is, Sarah, yes, it's fine to pray to God to save you, even if you have a desire to sin. But the issue is you need to ask God something before that. What is it I need to do to be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked, right? Acts 16.30, what must I do to be saved? And that's what Jesus told the woman at the well she should ask. If you knew the gift of God, that's everlasting life, John 4.14. And who it says to you, give me a drink, that's John 4.25 and 26, that Jesus is the Messiah. You'd ask him and he'd give you living water. And we could also add, nowhere in the Bible, I'm, I'm assuming that when Sarah says cry out, she's meaning praying, maybe. No one is ever saved from the lake of fire in the Bible by saying a prayer. It is by believing. And it's not by service. It's certainly not serving either, right? In fact, what does Revelation 20 and verse 15 say? Anyone whose name is not found in written the in the book, book of, life of life is cast in the lake of fire. He's cast in the lake of fire. So how do you get your name in the book of life? By believing. The moment you believe, your name's in the book. That's why Jesus said in Luke ten twenty, after he sent out the 70 and they cast out demons and they were rejoicing, the demons were subject to them in Jesus' name. He says, don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven, clearly alluding to the book of life. And, you know, Philippians 4, 2, and 3 talks about this. Could you read, I guess it's Philippians 4, 3? Yeah, he's talking to two women at the Church of Philippi. He says, Indeed, I ask you also to help these women who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Right. So these people knew they were in the book of life, and it wasn't because they had no desire to sin, and it wasn't because they were serving God. Just to sum it up for Sarah, believe in Jesus for eternal life, and you know you have it because he promises it. Then you can ask him for wisdom and clarity from his word on how to serve him. But you'll always be in the flesh. You'll always... Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to point out that in John 4.10, what we're to ask for is not everlasting life. We're to ask for the living water that leads to everlasting life. So I would say, Sarah, read the Gospel of John prayerfully and say, God, show me. Could it really be as simple as just believing in Jesus? Is it not about serving? Is it not about overcoming our sins? And by the way, I think we have a second question that relates to overcoming sins. Yes, Toby is the next question here. This isn't Toby Keith, is it? No, no, no. He was on that show. What was the name of that show? Something, The Family with the Family and everything. Oh, I have no idea. He's just a country singer. I just know that. Toby Keith is a country singer? I thought he was that big guy on the show. Okay. No, Toby Keith. Well, Toby Keith is a big guy, but he's a country singer. I wouldn't know a country singer except... Uh, Blake Shelton, and that's no, who all I know, no. and Johnny Cash. No, Toby Keith is a country singer. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay, Toby, not the country singer, says, From my understanding, those who reign with Christ are the overcomers of sin who persevere in faith and good works. If we are sinning until the day we die, 
I think it would be since we are sinning until the day we die. How can we be considered overcomers of sin if there is still sin in our lives? Well, that's a good question, and um, too bad we're out of time. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, Ken, maybe you can start us off, but an overcomer is the Greek verb nikao, or the noun is Nike. Right. So Nike was actually named after the Greek goddess of victory. Victory, that's absolutely yeah. right. So when you wear those tennis shoes and you see that little swoosh thing, that That means really subliminally means you're a victor, I'm a victor, right. I'm a winner, right? right? But the question is, how do we live the victorious Christian life? Is Toby right that it's by overcoming sin? Well, we live the overcoming Christian life by the Word of God and asking the Spirit of God to fill us and and so that we are able to walk in a way that pleases the Lord through His power. Right. Yes. Okay, so... Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we said in a solid Bible church, Bible teaching church, week in and week out, and our minds are changed, our worldview changes, and that changes our behavior, right? Through the Word of God, right. And so we can sin less and less and less, right? Yes. But we don't become sinless until we die, right? Exactly. And when we, First John 1, 9... We're not going to become sinless. What is First John 1? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of the sins that we confess and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Which includes all the ones we're unaware we're of. We're unaware of. Exactly right. And so John is saying there in First John that there are going to be sins we do not, we're not aware of, and we're going to continue to sin. Right. And so... We don't know how often we sin. We certainly sin at least daily, probably hourly. I think we had an, an email from someone that said we probably sin minute by minute. I don't, want to, I don't want to know how often I sin. Right. <laughs> but the truth is, regardless of the frequency, 1 John 1.8 and 1 John 1.10 tell us that we never arrive. If we say we have no sin... We're a liar, and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, well, then we're also a liar, and the truth isn't in us. So we can't say we've not sinned in the past, and we can't say we've arrived at a point of sinlessness. Now, how often we sin? Well, that's not up to us. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us when we sin. Or if you're married, you have a spouse that helps you out, right? <laughs> she'll, she'll remind you. <laughs> Sharon reminds me from time to time, right? But, you know, I say that jokingly, but the truth is having a spouse uh, is someone who can help us in our walk with Christ. And part of the way they do that is to say, maybe your attitude wasn't right there. And other believers. Other believers. In in your local assembly. Right. But overcoming sin is not the same as becoming sinless. We're to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. So overcoming sin. The flesh is, in a sense, overcoming our fleshly inclinations. But that's not the same as saying we become sinless. And that is through the power of the Spirit making us more like Christ. Second Corinthians 3. Right. But if you remember Paul, when he talks about the spiritually minded man in 1 Corinthians 2, mm-hmm. 14 through 16, he ends by saying, we have the mind of Christ, right? If I have the mind of Christ, I am spiritually minded. Right. And so, really, Christianity is a battle for the mind. So what I would say to Toby 
is grow in the grace of God. Grow in the knowledge of God. Go to a solid Bible teaching church, hear the teaching, and then one day you will hear the Lord Jesus say, well done, good servant, Luke 19, 17. But in order to do that, you need to be someone who's walking in the light, 1 John 1, 7, and confessing your sins, 1 John 1, 9. And above all, keep grace in focus. Amen. <laughs> Peace out. Thank you, gentlemen, for that great discussion. Did you miss an episode of Grace in Focus that you really wanted to hear? Just come to faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. We have all our past episodes right there on the site. In addition, we have all kinds of free resources available for you. It's all designed to help you mature and grow in your understanding of Scripture. So come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On this program, we keep our requests for financial partners to a minimum. But if you are interested in becoming a financial partner with Grace in Focus, you can find out how to do that at faithalone.org. Our team is really great about answering questions, comments, and feedback. If you've got some, we hope to hear from you. Let me give you our email address so you can do just that. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode of Grace in Focus, hope you'll join us for a discussion about the word called in Matthew 22 and Romans 8. To what does this word refer? Please join us. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.